Welcome to the Reggae Lover Podcast. Reggae Lover Podcast, yours truly, Khalil Wanda in the building. What up, y'all? It's Agard. How's it going? Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Big up to all the listeners worldwide, all the streaming platforms. Shouts out to my niceupradio.com family every time as well. All the listeners on that platform. Yeah, man, and big up to everybody listening on all digital streaming platforms. Yeah, man, you know, um, of course, everybody on YouTube, right? Um, today, we're going to talk about what's going on in the business. It's 2022, you know what I'm saying? we record- It's been a very interesting year, very interesting 18 months to two years, as a matter of fact. So there's so many changes in the reggae music industry, the impact of COVID and, you know, how that's kind of trickled down to, uh, you know, what us... Uh, you know, in the industry have been seeing and, you know, what consumers are experiencing as well. So um, the reason this topic came up, you know, we talked a lot about the business of music early on in, the, you know, a couple seasons ago in the podcast, but we haven't really touched on it in depth in a while. And I just, this article had just come across my radar about Sister Nancy surging to number one on the charts again with her single Bam Bam. So Bam Bam was on the album entitled One Two, released in 1982. And um, I think, yeah, so, you know, I don't know if it was a big hit like that at the time. It's not really talked about. I'm assuming it was. Um, So let's talk about the history of Bam Bam. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a song recorded by Yellow Man and Fathead called Bam Bam. Okay. On the taxi rhythm, the same year, like two months earlier. And um, so Sister Nancy heard that song and then she was like, yo, I'm going to do a bam bam. And hers was on, she chose a stylag rhythm. Am, am I, I must be confused, but didn't, um, was it Toots that also did bam bam back in the day? Yeah, Toots did bam bam. Toots and the Maytals did bam bam like in the 60s. And that mm-hmm. wasn't even the original, because the original, I believe, was a Byron Lee and the Dragoneers that did a, a Bam Bam. You know what I'm saying? So this Bam Bam situation got history, yo. <laughs> and you talk about interpretations and in, interpolations and samples and remixes and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot there. But um, anyhow, so Nancy was inspired by all what the previous Bam Bams. She put hers on the Stalag <laughs> Rhythm which is a popular rhythm. It's a foundation rhythm that still plays to this day, you know, so much that Agard hates it because it's just one of the rhythms that you've heard, you've heard too many times in your life, right? There might be one version of Stalag that, you know, I still still rate, but a lot of them to me, yeah, I can't hear it anymore. Right. So... This song surged to number one on the charts again this year because it was in an episode of Ozark. I think is people that watch the Netflix crime drama Ozark is like episode mm-hmm. episode number one actually of the new season. Um, so everybody went and started checking the the song, but I know it was also featured in a video game, like a, I think it's like a 2022 video game. Um, what the game was, I don't recall. Gamers may know. Gamers who listen to reggae <laughs> connect the dots for me. Um, it was also featured in the James Bond movie, No Time to Die, which is a new movie 
And, um, you know, mm-hmm. that was also filmed partly in Jamaica. And there's another Netflix series called Made in which, you know, this track was also used for that. So this is all like super recent. You know, if you want to go back through history, it's been sampled by, you know, Kanye, Beyonce, Jay-Z, um, Logic. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we're talking like some major selling artists that have sampled this. And this is all kind of recently since like between 2015 and now. Um, and that was it one of the tunes that was featured in Belly as well? Exactly. Also featured in Belly. Um, and then there were some TV commercials. So originally, Nancy didn't have any royalties for the song. I think like the first 30 something years that this song was out, she didn't really get paid royalties off of it. I wish I could find out how much she actually got paid for cutting this album in the first place. <laughs> But um, probably probably not a lot, right? Probably not a lot. Um, you know, some touring money, some dub plate money. That's probably been the majority of what you know. What I'm saying comprised revenue for artists like Sister Nancy, and then her contemporaries, the people from you know that era as well. I don't think most of them have been as fortunate as she was, um, or successful in terms of commercially, right? But um, definitely not. Yeah. So Sister Nancy. She, according to the um, article, I saw that, you know, her, her daughter saw her or heard her commercial in some TV commercial. I think it was a Reebok commercial in like the 2014, somewhere around there. And she was like, you know, we really need to do something and fight to get your get you, you know, royalties for this. So they mm-hmm. started the process at that point in time. And the end result was that she was able to get royalties, not from retroactive from the time the song dropped but from you know that year so it was either 2015 or 2016 from that point on she was able to get 50 percent of the royalties off of bam bam yeah i feel like uh i i haven't read uh the article but it seems like she would have to sue somebody in order to get the retroactive royalties right so you know i think the last time we talked about the business you know i'm saying i think the note that we ended up on ended off on was you need to lawyer up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's really the the key. That's the name of the game. That's one of the things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because this is a, a time when, you know, so much is going on even remotely, you know, somebody, you might be in Jamaica and you get on a phone call with somebody or a zoom or something. I don't know. They might, <laughs> you might not be in a room signing papers um, on some of the deals you're, being offered for stuff. So you're going to be in, have to be in a situation where you're reading these contracts and hopefully you have a team, including a performance rights specialist, you know, performance rights manager, somebody with a legal background to look over your paperwork for you. Um, because if not, you're going to get screwed. That's industry rule yeah. number 4,080. <laughs> yeah, man. And um, so in the States, you know, a lot of people coming up right now know like what you're talking about, performance rights organizations such as ASCAP, um, BMI, you know, all that stuff. You know, basically they, they're the ones who seek out all of your royalties, right? And then there's a bunch of different, you know, organizations across the world 
Um, however, what I wanted to talk about with the sister Nancy thing that you're bringing up is um, all of these things that you're talking about are placements. And yeah. that is another part I don't think we spoke about last time. I'm not sure if we did or not. Yeah, we did. You know, we spoke. We, we touched okay, so, right. yeah, I mean, right now, especially in the digital age, placements will probably get you a lot more money. Well, they, it will get you a lot more money than streams. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, placements is a very big deal. And some people have actual agents that go out and get them placed in ads, commercials, um, you know, movies, TV shows. And, you know, that th those are, I believe they call them syncs, like synchronized, you know, mm -hmm. royalties. Right. So, um, you know, you're right. Placements, you can make a lot of money off of that. I think traditionally in reggae, it's touring that the majority of artists eat the majority of their food is off of tour dates. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then we have a thing that we've talked about in dance hall, which is dub plates, which doesn't exist in any other genre, to my knowledge, <laughs> where artists are being paid money by DJs like all year long, all year round, every year, as long as they're hot artists and have songs, you know, that are in demand. Sound systems yeah. and DJs are putting up major money to get you to sing customized versions of those songs. So that's cool. Um, but just music industry as a whole, you know, you have the RIAA. Um, what does that stand for? Recording industry. Recording industry. Hmm. Something association. Right. <laughs> so according to them, it's like streaming accounted for 75% of music income for the year 2018. Mm -hmm. So the placements that you're speaking of, is that a part of the other 25% I'm guessing is that, or is that outside yeah. of that realm? No, I think, I think it's also involved with that. You know, it's just, it's not the same as streaming, you know, that's, it's something different. Okay. So a lot of money, you know, from music comes from royalties, like we mentioned, and this is a mechanical thing that gets calculated now all computer algorithms and stuff like that, right? And you get it's point zero 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 seven dollars <laughs> per download. So that's like a fraction of a penny per each download that you get, right? So you get a little bit more for physical sales of CDs. If your stuff is on vinyl, kudos to you. Um so $4.9 billion was generated on, record, on rec recorded music royalties in 2017. 85% of that sum went to record labels. So let me backtrack a little bit. So, you know, what I mean? like the big number that we're talking about is all money that's being made. And the majority of it is going. So 15% goes to the artists. Yep. And when I say artists, that may include producers, musicians, you know, that kind of thing as well songwriters if they're not like a part of the label structure itself right mm -hmm. and then of that 15 percent, only a few artists actually own their masters so this is the business of music people um if a few of all artists own their masters you got to think within reggae and dancehall what's the percentage i'm thinking it's much it's far less than you know the average i could be wrong 
Well, it depends on the laws where you are publishing the music. That's another thing. Like these things that we're talking about, you know, if you're talking about the U.S. and Europe, you know, that's pretty standard. But in the Caribbean, you know, um, as we said before, you know, that's not an area of expertise for us. It might be a whole whole different, you know, bowl of wax or ball of wax or whatever that phrase is. Yeah. I think those things are now getting um, really now getting established. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You have like the Jamaica Music Conference. You have um, Jaria and you have um, there's a new organization um, acronym is JAM. And they are all about actually, I guess, artists sign up with them and they represent the artists on this new, you know, kind of digital front and um, and work to get them properly credited, you know, proper royalties and stuff like that. So these are like kind of mm-hmm. new initiatives. So you're talking about your sister Nancy's of the world. It's like, you know, yeah, the, the majority of the history of the genre, this stuff wasn't really being taken care of properly, unfortunately. Um, so what are the ways that you can make money as an artist? We already talked about record sales and downloads, which, you know, that's your royalties. Uh, we talked about placements, the place and touring. You know, those are the common things that you think about. But there's also endorsements. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You can represent a brand or a company if you're popular. You know what I'm saying? Now, just being popular alone is not the goal because if you're an artist, you know, yeah, you want to sell some records. So you got to get creative on how you do this. Like You may get offers to have your name on a billboard or on a flyer or something like that, have your picture on there, right? But don't just accept any offer that's presented to you because if you're smart about it, you can figure out a way to bundle your, maybe bundle your record, bundle your single or your album with this opportunity and have the company that's, you know, endorsing you or you're endorsing, have them pay for a portion of your music that then can be given out free along with the product or something along those lines. You know what I mean? Um, your your guy, Jay-Z, did this with Samsung. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He gave, away, he gave away a certain amount. Was it like a million copies of his album? They came loaded yeah. automatically on the Samsung phone when people bought the phone. Mm-hmm. So in order to... Yeah work this out on the back end, basically Samsung bought the million albums. So upon release of the album, because of this deal, the album's already platinum. Yeah, you you two also did that. Exactly. Yep. I had the damn U2 album on my phones. Couldn't delete it either. It was trying- <laughs> Nothing against U2, but I'm just saying. Very creative marketing. So now as an artist in Jamaica, let's think on on that level. You have parties going on all year long you got dances going on you know what i'm saying why not yo you could perform at an event you could host an event you could you know help promote an event they ask you to do a promo or whatever and post it on social media all these type of things go on when you're getting these offers negotiate something where it's going to benefit your music career a little bit you know and that just takes some cash as a one-time hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sent you a text the other day. 
I think it was yesterday, about TikTok. Right. Yo, growing, you know, a growing number of artists, excuse me, a growing number of artists are actually becoming popular and getting streams because of TikTok, you know, dance challenges and stuff like that. True. Remember, uh, you know, Spices has done that for her rollouts. Um, Taurus, Riley, and Shansia for their um, tune. You know, there's a few um, Jamaican artists that are actually, you know, getting with the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the young guys, the young people are, are on TikTok. I mean, I mean, I guess it's not only young people. <laughs> but I think well, the demographic I mean, for the platform is a little, skews a little bit younger. Yeah, I mean... Music is a young person's game. Yeah. Um, so TikTok, you know, that's where I think we were talking about the young crop of artists coming out of Jamaica right now. You know, Jashi and Skang and Skilly and everybody since Skilly. You know what I mean? There's a bunch of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yo, you know what? I think some of them are really cool. A lot of them are really talented. You know, the music's not half bad, but... We already established the fact, and it's a known fact, that the majority of this music is not translating across the borders into, you know, other markets around the world, you know? Yep. For people consuming and streaming and downloading music all over the world, a lot of them are not checking for that sound yet. They're not buying into the whatever you want to call it, the trap dance hall. Dance hall trap. I don't know what other words, you know, tropical, whatever. I don't think there's a real name that really describes what's going on right now accurately, but whatever it is, it's not resonating. Right. And let's let's just be honest right now. Um, the Grammys and the Brit Awards and all these awards, um, as much as you know, I'm critical of them, there are uh, sort of a barometer for what the world at large is looking for. And I can't remember the last time, you know, a straight 100% dance hall, you know, artist or album has been nominated in the reggae category. Yeah. I mean, you know, Sean Paul is nominated right now for his, I mean, his Living Live album, which features, I understand Sean you know, Paul is a dance hall artist, but I mean, he's risen above that distinction especially because most of the tracks that he does now are considered pop music, really. Yeah, but I don't think that's what this new album... You know, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's because yeah, he's Sean yeah. Paul and I he's mean, got Sean, a new project. Yes, there, there are exceptions to, to the rule. Right, you know, Shaggy's in that category, obviously. Um, former winner, what, a couple times? I mean, he won with Sting. He didn't win without Sting previously? Not sure. I don't think so. Um, so yeah, we need to fact check that, you know what I'm saying? But, um, we know he's a diamond artist, but, uh, that might've been his first Grammy. Yeah. I think, you know, and you know, let's not forget coffee who, Mm -hmm. you know, her music is popular, um, in dance. Is she a dance hall artist? (laughs) (laughs) Her music is popular in dance hall, but, um, yeah, is she a dance hall artist? You know, I would say she she's a reggae artist. Yeah, she's a reggae artist. Mm-hmm. I'm saying the distinction is the subgenre would be dancehall reggae, right? What I'm trying to say is I'm agreeing with your point in a sense in which um, 
you know, whatever it is, dance hall wise, trap dance hall, whatever, the new music that's coming out right now is not really getting world acclaim. Right. Shaggy won in 96 for Boombastic, by the way. So Okay. So All right. A, my bad. My bad. He's a two-time winner. So he was a part of the, nin- the 90s team, you know? Yeah, where Beanie Man was nominated and won. Right. Right? Shaba obviously, you know, won. Yeah, man. So, you know, and I didn't want to, like, focus on the styles of the music and stuff. Because we're going to touch yeah, on yeah, this yeah. probably every time we record. But... um. <laughs> <laughs> but like something that came to mind, you know, we're talking about Sister Nancy, um, you know, we've been reading how in terms of the performance of the music internationally, artists who have been doing well have been the artists that have been sticking to the traditional sound. Okay. So Bounty Killer, Beanie Man, you know, obviously the Versus thing helped boost to help them help to boost their profile um, in the streaming world and introduce them to new audiences. But, you know, Bounty can come out on stage now and drop his first single, Copper Shot, from 92-93, which was recorded on the general rhythm. And most of his debut album were, I think he may have had Stalag on that album in terms of rhythms, real rock, you know, foundation rhythms. So Mm -hmm. those things just, as we know, they stand the test of time. So now Shansia is doing her thing internationally. And so the thing that came to my mind, you know, Spice is doing her thing, very popular, you know, and what came to mind is the, the, the females in the business, they're not really doing trap dance hall. No, it's a very uh, male driven style. I'm like, why, you know, why, why is that? Like, it, it's very interesting. I, I, I haven't thought about this before. Now is you know we jumped on here to record so, you know just putting that out there it's something to something to chew on you know let that marinate and we've seen I you know I think in my opinion that the females are doing really well you know there's a certain group of them that are doing really well but people like Charlie Blacks you know what I'm saying totally doing his own thing um, he may not be the most popular guy in dancehall but he's selling like he's touring he's selling he's super popular internationally. You know what I mean? Crossing over genres, doing stuff with Latin artists. Yeah. You go to like any, you know, gym in the world, Zumba gyms or whatever, <laughs> you know, aerobics, whatever the, st- the style is that they're doing, you know, Charlie Blacks is being played. That's one of the things that they're bubbling to. And then Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Into, um, and working out too. So, um, 
Yeah. So, you know, talked about the endorsements. That's definitely definitely something to seek out. And as an artist, I would want to have a team or at least a person who's focused on these areas. You know what I'm saying? Other things you could do. Obviously, YouTube is big in Jamaica. I don't think we need to belabor that point. I think that's one of the first places that Jamaican artists target right now. Do you think in order for a reggae artist, a Jamaican artist, to be popular across the world that they have to market themselves to Jamaica? That used to be a thing. I don't know if it's still a thing. Yeah, tell me more. Meaning, like, somebody like Cranium, right? Cranium, uh, I bring it up a lot, a long, t- a lot of times because he's a New York-based artist. You know, some some commercial success, some placements and endorsements. You know, good management team. You know, but I mean, yeah, he had the one song that was dance the the one dance hall song that was you know universally liked by everybody. But I don't think he necessarily had to bus in Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? Like, like get that seal of approval. Yeah. You know, my opinion on that is that it is, it's, you know, it's globalization. That's what's going on right now. So it's cool to have Jamaica. It's good to have Jamaica. I think marketing yourself to Jamaica would help, you know what I'm saying, to get the, the swell, like the groundswell from Jamaica, um, you know, getting it played in dances and stuff like that. I think that that's a... There's something to that, but is it absolutely necessary to, um, you know, to have a career? Hell no. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think of um, Hood, was it Hood Celebrity? Yeah. She's also a New York-based artist. Right. Like her, her song was like in rotation on Hot 97 long before people in Jamaica knew anything about her. So, you know what I mean? So the reason why I ask you that question is because, you know, the old me would have been like, you know, do Jamaican artists in Jamaica necessarily have to start out with marketing themselves in Jamaica? You know what I mean? Especially with this climate to where, um, you know, like you said, globalization, the issue. So this is a catch 22. I know I'm bringing it somewhere else other than the business, but I think this is, you know, I think it's relevant. For example, you know, the part of the reason why they're doing this trap dance whole thing is because they like, you know, this generation of hip hop, you know, mumble rap and all that. You know, they I feel like they're inspired by it. You know, they're inspired by the lifestyle, how it looks, how it sounds. However, you know, they didn't take it far enough um, in terms of making it Jamaican because this is something that's been happening throughout the history of reggae music. Right. I mean, Started with R and B, you you know, souls and all this, you know, yeah. um, rock and roll, country, you know, Jamaicans have always taken these things and made it their own, you know. And I think the issue is not that um, these new artists aren't inspired by, you know, other forms of music. I think that they're not being creative enough to make it Jamaican, you know to separate it like look at look at africa right you know africa they're taking parts of hip-hop they're taking parts of soca reggae you know they're taking british culture hip-hop culture everything and making it their own whereas i feel like a lot of this stuff right now in jamaica isn't jamaican enough Hmm. 
So I, I'm saying this in the bu- in the business segment, yeah. Because no, I get what you're saying. You know, another thing we have to talk about that people don't think about necessarily because it's music is market share, right? And you know, market share is relevant because you have big companies and you have small companies. And what happens is if the small company gets really big, they make an impact and they 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 might have a smaller market share, but it's just it's like Apple and Microsoft. You know, Microsoft has a far higher market share than Apple, but Apple is the cool product. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, I guess that's the angle of the business that I think people are not thinking about. Like everybody can say, well, it's saturated, it's oversaturated, but they're not thinking about market share in a sense. You know, if you're all fighting for the same audience, what's going to make that audience come to you? Word. Yeah, you definitely have to have your differentiators and, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, any type of business, you don't want to be the same. You want to have something that's different, something that's unique, um, especially with music and entertainment. Um, so, you know, to what you were saying, uh, I think it was Bounty Killer was quoted as saying that, you know, he thinks that the level of lyricism and the skill of the newer artists right now is just the same as has always been present in Jamaica. You know, they're, they're yeah. just as skillful as him and Beanie and the rest of them. I agree. Um, the difference, you know, again, was that rhythm selection because what what's making the music that they're putting out now Jamaican is Patois. Mm-hmm. But if you take away the Patois and you just have somebody just rapping over some of these same beats, you might not be able to tell, like, identify it as Jamaican music anymore. Yeah, it's drill, basically. <clears throat> so, you know, is that a major problem? I don't know. I think that it's a easy. There's an easy fix. You know, if I was one of these young artists, what what would I do? I would record a song on Slang Ting. You know, what I mean, answer, real rock, darker shade. Cuss, cuss, cutchy. I'll get Stalag rhythm. Even if you just do one song, even if you know how in America, especially back in our era, there were always, it's always your first original song. And then you'd have a B-side, which is a remix version. Like, come on. Like, would it be that hard to say, yo, you know what? I, I'm hearing some of the things that people have been talking about the last five years, I'm hearing the rumblings. Let me try a thing. You know what I'm saying? Let me remix my own song and re-record it on a slower rhythm or on a Mission Impossible or, you know what I'm saying? A Panani rhythm, something with an, a, on a 90s rhythm or an 80s rhythm. Let's just try it. You understand? Put the same hit song and release it. Like, that's not even happening. The only way that that's really happening is in the dub plate market. Sound systems are taking these songs and cutting them on those type of rhythms and getting big for- bigger forwards in the dance when those songs drop than, <laughs> you know, when they play on the original rhythm. You know, depending on the crowd, of course. Yeah. And it always depends on the audience. But the I, point is that yeah. a lot more audience knows <laughs> that sound and would recognize, like, oh, this, what's this new song? And um, maybe, you know, get interested in the artist and maybe they'll love your other, you know, trap dance hall lane type stuff that you got available. 
I remember the artists a few years back, you know, when the six was big, you know, um, that was a complaint. I remember listening to Ninja Crown and Drew talking about an iron voice talking about at the time, six and the new artists didn't want to go on old rhythms. They just wanted a rhythm for the for, from the 45 from the single. And yeah. it's interesting. You not, know, not, not to cut you, but yeah. you know, there were reports of artists that were not able Correct. To perform the song on a different rhythm. Yeah. And that was a few years back. I would say that the quality of artists, even since then, has gotten better, you know, and that's the only reason. The only reason I know about Skang is because of, you know, you know, uh, Blunt Posse versus King Fargo. You know, I I heard some Skang tunes before, but, you know, they put them on some 90s rhythms and it was like, yo, you know what I mean? I, I. I spoke about it here. You know, it sounds like battle rap. You know, it sounds like something that that that's adjacent to when when we grew up in the '90s. And you know, to your point, you know, I mean, we we it's, uh, I don't want to you know belabor the point. However, you know, there's something to it. There's a reason why you know artists in the '80s redid songs from the '70s and artists from the '90s. You know, all the way through. There's a reason why I can play you know, Queen Majesty with, you know, Heavy D singing it. You know what I mean? So, you know, or Shinehead, you know, doing Michael Jackson songs, whatever. Like, you know, I think it's it's still too early. Like, the exceptions to the rule, obviously, Sean Paul, Shaggy, um, Spice, Vibes Cartel even. You know what I'm saying? There's certain artists that whatever they do, Whatever genre it is, it's going to be good because they already built that. But these artists, you know, you got you got to pay your dues. And I'm I'm not even being like an old man on this. It's just, nah, it is I mean, what I've it is. My tune. I think I was an old man. You know, the last time we recorded talking about this, but I'm bigging it up. You know, what I mean, because you know, a huge part of our culture has always been experimentation, right? Yeah, you know what I'm saying it's always been. Jamaica's been the place that pushes the envelope. And the thing that always stood out was the uniqueness coming out. You know, we had the mental and then we said we need, you know, what it was what Calypso and, you know, getting the records from the U.S. and stuff, listening to the jazz and the R&B. And then it was like, okay, we need our own music. We need our own sound. So Mm -hmm. then you have, you know, you know, you have your mental and then you have ska and then ska becomes rock steady, rock steady becomes reggae, and then you know, of course, you have dub, and now you have all these different styles and forms of dancehall, from you know original days to electronic days. So, yo, I wanted to continue pushing the envelope, experimenting, changing, bending, twisting, remixing, creating. You know what I'm saying, and. Sure, that's what's going on now. So we can't just sit back and just judge and criticize. And that's why I'm more like just talking about, okay, the business of the music. You know, are you interested in being more than a local celebrity, a temporary local celebrity? If you are, then yeah, there's some things to try to implement with the experimentation. Also experiment on the business side, perhaps. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're right. And to your point about Bounty Killer, I mean, you know, I was going to make a point about murder, 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 kill, kill, kill. However, you know, back 
back then, Bounty, Cobra, Cutty Ranks, and all of them were talking about Maro splashing on wall and all, all that something. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, Yo, there's a thing called gangster music, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Yo, yeah, there's drill. That, drill right now runs the world in every single country for the young people. I get that. Right. You, you saw the, the, the verses with um, Dipset. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, with Dipset getting murdered on the stage, but their music is strictly gangster, Harlem, drug deal, you know, rock boy, drug dealer music. Um, and they're all gold and platinum selling, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so I'm not saying, you know, I'm not being the, the, the preacher today saying, you know, you need to clean up your act. No, man, but gangsters <laughs> also dance. Gangsters also love, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Every song, every, like, yo, I get it. Sometimes I want to ride out to that music. That's fine. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, yo, you need to be cleaning it up. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, yo, gangsters, you know what I'm saying? Like, like if you listen to some of these songs right now, dude, you know, uh, like, yo, they don't trust anybody. They don't trust their friends. They don't trust their family. They're having nightmares. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yo, w- what's up with your girl? You love your girl? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you love your yeah. kids? Like, right. your family? Like, what's up? Like, do you want, do you want to have fun with your money? like that's why i appreciated somebody like jay-z like yo he took us along for the ride you know what i'm saying right like yo all right get it i get it fake it till you make it you from the ghetto but still yo you know what i'm saying there had to be some happy days yo yo dennis brown was talking about the hardships but he's also talking about you know (laughs) the green apples you know what i mean (laughs) he's talking about the silhouette yeah man enough things yo that's that's oh, all. I, I guess we're 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 we're. This is like an annex to our previous conversations. It's like, all right, cool. We get it. You know how to fire a gun. You know how to you know hire people to murder people, and you know what I'm saying. You know how to smoke weed. We right. get it. You know right. what I'm saying. You're singing about the fact that people hire you to murder people. Okay, fine. Hey. So, even Vibes Cartel, you know what I'm saying, was all about the day rave and party on the beach and, yeah, you know what right. I'm saying? Cartel has every, oh, let me, okay. He's such, I'm glad you mentioned that, okay? Such a prime example. 2000 and beyond artists, quote unquote, new school artists, if you will. Quote unquote, current, you know what I mean, popular artists. And if you look at the history of Cartel, if you look at the, even the visual, his image, his look, you know, the things that he's dabbled in from reality shows to books, you know what I'm saying? He, I mean, Cartel has literally done just about everything. He's done the most of maybe anybody in the business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Other than like nowadays, you know, you have Spice and people like that. But um, Cartel experimented in his prime he was doing the current styles of the music. He was doing music that was on the cutting edge. But at the same time, he also has like the 90s style rhythms. You know what I'm saying? He threw it back on some 80s style rhythms. He talked about God, girls, gun, ganja, you know what I'm saying? Politics, the whole thing. You know, the chicken back, 
Anton Karn Meal songs. He's got them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's got the riches and money songs. He's got them. So, yo, that's really where the thing is. So you're right. You know, let's get a little bit more well-rounded. Kudos to Massacre. I know we talked about Massacre and Bigged Up the Album. But, you know, since we recorded that, his album has continued to stay on the charts and do well um, on the Billboard reggae charts. So um, I'm not exactly sure what the streaming numbers are looking like, but he's been getting picked up, in, you know, by media and stuff like that internationally. And it just seems like his album is going to last. And on that album, as we talked about, he's got the different subject matter on there. It's not only contract killer every song, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I guess uh, I guess King Addis is gonna have to save the business all around in every aspect. Um, them well, of the sound, them of the production. I know I'm pandering. Yeah, Addis. You know, there are people that are doing the damn thing. You know, like you mentioned, Addis. There are some other sound systems as well that are representing. Um, and then there's media outlets. People and promoters, people like Irish and Chin, you know what I'm saying, that have been holding down the business for years, grew and got, you know, more powerful through the pandemic. And yeah, they got a slew of clashes lined up for the whole year, um, including the world clash in UK this May. So yeah, big ups to them. And yeah, man, big up to everybody who has the air of some of the you know, crop of artists that we're talking about. Big up to the people who are one of the artists that we're talking about or um, aspiring to be. And, you know, hopefully you take this as just some inspiration. Um, what's going on in the business right now is good that there's, you know, there's still growth, there's still creativity. There's always talent. There's always creativity. We never doubt that. But, you know, what I mean, we just want to see more. And it can't be, it's not only space for just coffee. You know what I'm saying? To be in, in movies. Coffee and Sister Nancy, like, yo, it's got to be a lot more. You yeah, and I mean? big up Baron to Levy as well. True, true. You know, and Super Cat. We want to see more people get into the bigger platforms, eating more food. You know, a lot of us live in different countries, different cities, different states of the world. And in our circles, we want to... We want to see y'all. We want to see y'all on the stage. We want to see y'all on the TV, on the billboards. You know, we want to hear you on the video games and the commercials too. So that's what it is. Well, I should have said this disclaimer at the front, but yo, I'm still befuddled. It's clear as mud to me. I don't know what's going on. I just have my opinions, you know? Yeah, man. <laughs> don't cut that out, man. That's very important. Yeah. All, all good, bro. I think you represent... You know what I'm saying? A large segment of our listenership in that, you know what I'm saying? So Well, if it was if it was up to me, I'll tell everybody to try to be music execs. <laughs> Seems like they're making all the money. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. And boy, shame on you producers that took advantage of the artists, the icons in the business. Shame on you. You know who you are. <laughs> Yo, the people <laughs> I read the article about Sister Nancy trying to trying to get her money, yo. <laughs> She's asking for like thirty years, bro. <laughs> yo, it's so, sad, yo. I'm not I naming mean, no names, but, but that's but not an uncommon story, you know what I'm saying? It it was the culture, man. I mean, not only the culture, I mean, 
they didn't have the laws in place or the or the you know awareness to know what was right from what was wrong you know i mean a lot of these artists are getting paid as one-time performers it's ridiculous yeah a bad man thing like if you already gave you a thing you know what i'm saying (laughs) you know the crazy thing is you know i've been i've been building you know i've been i've been let's what am i researching you know what i'm saying for a mix and there's certain rhythms out there that are that were big rhythms that you can't find nowhere and i'm like yo <laughs> somebody didn't do their their law right i'm talking on some big producers with big rhythms you can't find it nowhere i mean i got to figure out what's going on with that you know yeah man that's not good business yeah as you do that research, you know, I'll just say there's lots of research to be done, you know, lots of homework and lots of behind the scenes, you know? Yeah. If it's, if you're just simply only the talent and you don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you'll get taken advantage of. And, um, you know, that, that's what it is. I don't care whether you're a dancer, an athlete, you know what I'm saying? Whatever it is you're doing, got to have your paperwork straight. That's the name of the game. Cool, man. You know, remember, protect your nose and mouth, you know, not just your neck. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Uh, I want to say big ups to all the listeners. And you don't know, make sure if you listen to the podcast version of this, you check us out on YouTube because we're on YouTube now. Go and like, uh, like a video, subscribe to the channel, you know what I'm saying, and share the links. Yeah, man. And what's the Instagram? Because I don't want nobody coming to my Instagram. <laughs> at at Regular Podcast on IG. Yeah, man. If you need to get a hold of us, go there. You know, I'm I'm a private man now. Regulover.com. Hit us up. Hit up the merchandise shop. And um, yeah, I'll say that again. Hit up the merch shop. That's shop.regulover.com. I'm saying get your sweaters, get your T-shirts, all that swag. Um, This is a dedication to reggae lovers worldwide. Yeah, man. Stay safe. Peace. Dance all lovers, too. Don't hate us. It's Mm -hmm. one one thing. Unity, we say. Word. If you're interested in a sponsorship or donation, please email info at reggaelover.com. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash reggae lover podcast.